Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Father, I just thank you now that you will release by your spirit revelation and wisdom in our hearts to receive, let faith arise. Holy Spirit, everything that's in your heart in these next minutes, I ask that you would be uh, given freedom, that you would accomplish all that is in the heart of Jesus for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last Saturday night, uh, Pastor Nate and Kaylee and Suzanne and I were having dinner at Artemis, good restaurant. I think Steph's out of town right now. She was our our wait person, and it was an amazing night. We were talking, sharing. I'd, got, I'd gone to Kansas City the week before to International House of Prayer. I took a, an impromptu road trip uh, the July 4th weekend, um, and I was telling them about it. It was amazing because I, was, I had heard on Tuesday before July 1st that there was going to be this spontaneous, really, conference of six different national ministries coming together, and uh, they were from such different streams in the body of Christ, I thought, I don't want to miss out on this. And so I thought, honey, I think I'm going to pack my car up and go. And so on Thursday, July 1st, I I got in my car, drove up to Kansas City. Um, I'm older than I used to be, so I spent the night at Big Cabin somewhere in Oklahoma, I think it was, got there on Friday. And so I was telling Nate and Kaylee about this, and and how uh, some of the amazing things that were happening. And then I said, and you know, the Lord laid on my heart this message really strongly at these, these meetings about the, the Lord wanting us to be thankful and have gratitude from Psalm 136, verse 1. And so I said, it was really on my heart. And, and Nate looked at me, looked real surprised. This is Nate looking surprised. He went, That's, that was surprised. <laughs> Nate's surprise is not exactly Micah surprised. <laughs> Micah's like, you know, Nate, Nate's like, he said, I'm going to preach on this tomorrow in church. And I, I, I thought, whoa, well, I know I'm supposed to preach on it too. And so I don't believe for one second that that, that, that was just a coincidence, I believe the Lord put it on this message on being thankful on both of our hearts to, to share back to back because God really wants to get our attention on this. Yeah. He really wants to. I, I'm, I, don't, I wouldn't uh, share this. I'm not sharing this because we're an ungrateful church. I don't believe that. Not sharing it again this, this week uh, on the basic theme because there's complaining going on because that's not happening unless you're complaining behind my back and then, you know, maybe you can tell me later. But I'm, and, and, and actually, the, to be honest, we, to quote an old hymn, some of you older people, seasoned people from the Methodist church, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Anybody remember that? Okay, there's a sweet, I'm not going to sing it. But there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. So this message isn't like to bring some big correction. 
It's because I believe the Lord wants to prepare our hearts for the pressures and challenges that are increasing in the days ahead that are going to tempt us to give into bitterness and complaining and negativity and anger. It's to prepare us for the escalating opposition that is sure to come our way that we're going to encounter as Christians from the kingdom of darkness, from woke culture, from tyrannical government leaders, from tyrannical government policies that are going to try to pull us to get out of the spirit, to leave the word of God, to leave that intense uh, love for Jesus. And even this, uh, you know, what's been happening in the last week, this, this really people are calling big tech kind of the, the fourth branch of government now. Well, they're working right now as we speak. Does anybody understand that we are in a spiritual battle? There's a war going on in our nation. Now, we're to speak the truth. We're to speak boldly. We're to speak tenderly with humility. We're to speak in love. We're to speak with confidence, though. And what's going on? I mean, the, the, um, I, found, I saw this on a website called Babylon B. The, the fourth branch of government is now big tech. You know, you have the, the, uh, the legislative, the executive, the judicial, and now there's the, the big techative branch that is working to cancel, to try to silence just person, people giving personal opinions on platforms. And now that's, you know, going to continue to increase, and it's something that we have to be prepared for with a heart of gratitude. He wants to prepare us to live lives of thanks, living and thanksgiving. I'm totally serious about this. The opportunity to become offended and unthankful is going to increase. Jeremiah 12.5 is, I believe, a sober warning verse for the American church. This is paragraph B under Roman number one. Jer Jeremiah 12.5 just keeps ringing over in my head the last six months. It says, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, and I'll interject right there, wearied, meaning made you, you know, caused you to become offended and bitter. If they've wearied you with what's happening now, in which you, tr and, and if the land of peace, relative peace that we're living in here in America, in, in which you trusted, uh, they wearied you. Oh, he says, if, if you can't run with the footmen and they worried you, then how will you contend with the horses, with those on horseback? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? So if they've ridiculed you, if people have ridiculed you for your Christian faith and for your conservative values, and that's thrown you into a tizzy right now, What's it going to be like when they rage against you? Right. Psalm 2 says the nations are going to rage against the Lord, against the church, against the Jewish people, against the truths of the Bible, 
Right now, there's ridicule, but soon there's going to be rage. And so I just have to say this lovingly. I'm talking to myself. You know, the three fingers are back at me. We need to toughen up. We need to toughen up in our walk of love, in our clarity, in our understanding, and we need to speak up as the Lord leads. But we, I want to tell you, I read the end of the book, and we win. We win. The God of breakthrough is on our side when we get on his side. When we get on his side, then he comes and goes before us. So these are the motivations for sharing this today. Um, Paragraph C, I believe God wants gratitude to not just be a... How many of you thought... I thought, Pastor Nate, we all did. Your message was great last week. Thank you so much. It It was the why and the how of being thankful. But the Lord doesn't want us to just file that away and say, okay, got that one done. He wants to mark our hearts with gratitude. He wants to mark this house, River in the Hills Church, with a, like a banner up above our, this house of gratitude because we, we are going to need this in the days ahead to not fall into offense, which is a trap. I think John Bevere wrote a book, right? The Bait of Satan, and it was being offended, being un- unthankful and whatnot. So uh, y'all know about gun-free zones? Y'all seen those? Well, the Lord, I know, I, I heard someone go, The Lord wants River in the Hills to be a complaint-free zone. Now, I thought I'd pull this one up, though, because I'm not complaining with this little picture up there. I don't know if you can put that on the camera up there. But um, that gun-free zone sign basically tells the truth. Attention, criminals, this is a personal defense-free zone. All law-abiding citizens at this establishment have been disarmed for your convenience. Now, it's, <laughs> you got to laugh sometimes, but there's truth. So I'm not complaining. I'm, you know, the truth will set us free, and we, that we need to begin to speak up more about this um, against policies and laws that are threatening our constitutional freedoms and making us unsafe. Now, paragraph D I want to say from the get-go, when I talk about complaint-free, a complaint-free zone means where the culture here at River in the Hills is where we're thankful. We're not given to complaining. And then we can kind of, we kind of breathe in of non-complaint air. And then we go out to our homes, our workplace, our schools, and we're able to uh, change the atmosphere around us. And so I do want to say from the get-go that there are many of us who have suffered great disappointment in your life. Some in here, I'm sure, have had to endure a great injustice. Many or most of us have had uh, times in which we've felt the pain of wrongs done to us. And the natural response when disappointment and injustice comes is for us to become negative. But I want to tell you, by God's grace, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to respond negatively. The God of breakthrough is for you. 
when you are for him. He's on your side. We sang that song today. The God of breakthroughs on your side, forever lift him high with all creation cry. We praise you. We praise you. That's the response that God, I believe, is going to help to come out of our spirit when wrongs are done to us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. And I would interject this. In everything, the Holy Spirit is going to help you give thanks. I'm telling you, I got marked up in Kansas City a few weeks ago. I've come back, and I've just let that conversation with the Lord continue where it's thanksgiving, it's appreciation, it's gratitude. And I want to live in that place of being marked with gratitude. Last week, Pastor Nate shared three motivations for us to live in gratitude. Today, I want to share two more motivations for us to live in gratitude. First, these are really, these are really practically moved, motivated me. First one is when God sees our heart of gratitude, when we see that God sees our heart, it changes everything. When we see that God sees our heart of gratitude, that he's watching, he knows if we've been living in gratitude or ingratitude. When we see that he sees us, it energizes us in our inner man to maintain a thankful heart, especially when we get tested 50 times a day to not be thankful. You sign up again. I've talked about signing up again. It's like, nope, I see you see my heart. Second, not only do you see me and you hear my voice, you are moved in your heart by my responses of gratitude. Your move, when I see that I can move him, what's on the, out in the lobby? The first thing you see, that's our vision of River in the Hills. First and foremost, we're here to move God's heart. How do we move his heart? When we let thanksgiving come out of our heart. So God's gonna help us with this. God's gonna help us. Uh, Roman numeral three now I'm going to give an illustration that I have to admit is truly remarkable. We're going to see a video here in a little bit of a meeting in, at the International House of Prayer that I was in. I'm going to show you my little face there on this little laser pointer to prove I was there. You'll go, who's that guy? Okay. I was there, and I'm going to share, share with you an illustration that is, for some of you is probably going to blow your mind. Okay, I'll just give you a spoiler alert. Um, but it's because you've never seen something like this before. Um, I've seen it only a few times in my 45 years as a Christian at this level of accuracy in the ministry of prophetic and words of knowledge. But I, but I want to show this to drive home the truth that God sees you he truly does look upon your heart, and he sees you with eyes of compassion and healing and deliverance. A lot of people are like, oh, he sees me. Oh, no. He's looking at you through the cross, through the blood of Jesus, through mercy. But when you see that, it, this is going to help us to really hit home that point. He sees you. He does look upon your heart, and he's moved by your heart responses to him. I want to share a clip from the ministry time of Chris Reed and Ken Fish. 
This was on Friday night, July 3rd at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Now, some of you may think after you see this, is this legit? I mean, is this, did this really happen? I mean, uh, it can't be real. But I want to assure you, with all my heart, it's legit. <laughs> it's legit because first, I know the people that are around this ministry. I've known Mike Bickle for 30 years. I've known Stuart Greaves for 18 years and know a number of the leaders up there. And their lives are marked by utmost integrity. So they're not going to let somebody who's a fake be up there and do that. Second is, for what it's worth, I was there. So I'm kind of giving a witness, hey, I, this is what I saw and heard too. Now, you can't wait to see this video now, right? You're like, what is he saying? You know, the 50 angels that drop from the... No, no but it is. It's, it's legit. Um, Chris Reed's life is marked by integrity. He's the one that's going to give these words of knowledge. He grew up in the Pentecostal church, has a godly heritage. He's a, he's has his wife, he's married. He's a local church pastor in Indiana. He has six children. And, um, but he operates at a level that I haven't seen probably in, at this level, maybe in 25 years, 20 years. So um, paragraph A, you're going to see Chris give what the Bible calls words of knowledge. So real quick, a little teaching on what are words of knowledge. We use that word around here, that phrase words of knowledge. What is it? Well, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12. It's in your notes, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 7 and 8. But the manifestation... Uh, paragraph B there. And by the way, these, these words of knowledge are ra- wrapped around our key verse today, which is Psalm 136, verse 1. It says, uh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So what is a word of knowledge? 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 7, and 8 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. A word of knowledge, it's in your notes here, is when the Holy Spirit gives someone, human like you and me, He gives someone a piece of the, a tiny piece of the infinite knowledge of God to help other people. It's a tiny piece of knowledge of, of the knowledge of God in which the person receiving it and sharing it has no way of knowing it in the natural. It's divinely revealed to them. It's by, not by their natural thinking. And it's truly remarkable and it has wonderful fruits. Uh, it produces wonderful fruit. Um, so in this, this, uh, this clip, paragraph C, Chris Reed receives, listen now, from the Holy Spirit, a man's street address, the name of the street, so the number of the street, the name of the street, and the name of the man that he's giving the word to. Now, if you think, where's that in the Bible? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's actually in the Bible. And we're going to read it here from Acts chapter 9. Verses 10 through 18. I think it's important to read it so you're like, well, where's this? You know, what's all this? Acts is the New Testament. It's a mark. 
It's, it's, how, it's the record of how the early church was birthed and began to function. And so though this is rare today in 2021, this is what Acts 9, 9 verses 10 through 18 says. So follow along with me. I underlined some of the key parts. It says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus. Well, let me back up and say, here's what, here's what the words were in, in Acts 9. He gives, tells an, a man named Ananias, there's a certain street called Straight. So if you're driving and you see a street sign, there's a certain street called Straight. And instead of giving a number, like an address, it's like, you're going to get on that street, there's going to be a house and it's going to be owned by a man named Judas. So that's the address. And then when you knock on the door, the man answering the door is going to be Saul of Tarsus, which Ananias knew who that was. So he's like, oh, no, you're really going to have me do this? So let's read. Street address, street name, and name of the person. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas, the address, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Now get this. So Saul is praying. Verse 13, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. See, Saul had become blinded when the Lord appeared to him the first time. He was blind and temporarily. But he was in that house. Of course, he didn't know it was temporary, right? So he's in there praying, blind. Verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, so he's like, Lord, they, he, could throw, he could put me in chains or do all kinds of persecution to me. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to hear my name, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has, co has come to you, has sent me that you may receive your sight, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So we get that. Do you get that? A street name, straight, Judah's house, the address, Saul behind the door. <clears throat> the result was the words of knowledge brought three things. In this case, they brought physical healing, he could see. They brought greater encounter with the Lord, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then third, it brought wisdom and direction for Saul, <clears throat> who would become Paul, for his ministry that he would be a minister to the Gentiles as well as to, to the Jewish people. So, well, that's a big introduction. So, here we go. Go ahead, son. You can cut the lights down here. That's great. Thanks.
Thank you, Lord. Psalms 136.1. I just heard that. Psalms 136. Is that for him or for someone in the no, room? No, I, I don't think it's for him. Psalm 136. Some, somebody get 136.1. I don't even know what it says. Good. Something. I, I think like it's this. a give thanks to the Lord or I something. Like this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. 13601. Is that someone's address? I don't know what that means, Just but I know it means something. Is that that might be someone's address right, right there? It's what? It's what? your address. 13601. Okay. I don't know you. I can't even see you very good because of the lights, but the Lord does. And here's what I want to I want to speak to you. Um, is it? I don't know if this, did you go to like a Cambridge University or a Cam He Cam lives on Cambridge Avenue. See, sometimes they give houses, addresses, and the whole thing. Okay. Cambridge Avenue, and that's the house number. <laughs> 13601 Cambridge. Is that right? Okay, let's stay with this. This is important. You have a thankful heart. And the Lord wants you to know because of a heart of thanks living and thanks giving that many doors in the spirit that have been in resistance to you this night because of a spirit of thanksgiving, the Lord is going to open up for you a new realm of accessibility to the things for which you've been praying for. You've been praying for more prophetic encounters. You've been praying for more experiences from the Lord. That's true. Wave your hand as he's talking. You know, you've been seeking for that. It's like I see you kneeling in a chair in a living room or beside this chair, and you are asking the Lord specifically, this is recently, Lord, I claim visions, dreams, visitations wave, wave from... The Lord knows. That's true. That's true. Thank you for that, Lord. And so, Lord, I just thank you for Mr. Mac. Mac? Mac computer or something? I don't know. What? What? His last name is Mac. Okay. Not, not Mac computer. That's his actual name. All right. Thank the Lord. I didn't know if it was like a Mac computer or something. To you, it was like Mac computer going to Cambridge, yeah. and he liked that verse. But it was actually the literal name and address of him, literally. I know. Not over. It's not over. We're taking a break. Um, so, it, just a little interjection. There's another. We're, we're we're almost done. By the way, we're not going to keep you all afternoon. The Lord may keep you all afternoon, but um, but he then goes on to tell him a little more. You're going to encounter. This man, Mac, you're going to encounter a man in, in his 60s with heart problems. And the Lord wants to use you to pray specifically for him, for him to be healed. Okay, so before we, if you could put that up uh, slow a little bit, just to prove to you <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you can put it up and just because I like looking at myself. And... <laughs> if I don't show you with this, okay, if you put, put, put uh... oh, now he's got his hand up. Right there. Okay, see that? That's me. That's me over here. Where am I? Oh yeah. That's not Photoshop. That's that's where that's where's Waldo, right? 
All right, now I'm going to set up a little more because this is gets so fun. So while he's ministering to him, the two people next to me, and I mean, they, were, they had saved all those seats like an hour before the, the meeting, okay? So I happen to know Josh McDonald, a friend of this house. You know, he's like, hey, come sit up with us. But every seat was packed. While he's ministering to him, two people next to me left. They left, so we got these empty seats, and a guy comes and sits next to me. That's part of this story. All right, go ahead. Hit it. Wait a minute. Hey, why don't you just come up here real quick? Since you're the address that we're all wanting to live at. <laughs> no, I mean for real. This was big. This seemed like, oh, that's kind of neat. This was huge. Psalm 136 is life itself. And most, even devout believers, they can't live there. They go, wow, I want that. Buy the poster. I'm going to do that every now and then. He wants us to, he wants that to be our address. Come on up here. While they're talking, Becky and Bruce Jackman, well, you just guys come on up also, yeah. please. Come on up. Here's like, I'm going to give him this second. So tell us what you're thinking and how, tell us a little bit about what he said and how that relates to you. Uh, well, either one. When I, uh, when I bought my house, um, I looked up Psalm 136.1. Wait, when you bought your house? When I, when I bought my house. No, this is for real, right? For real. When? when I, like a year ago, a month ago? Uh, about 10 years ago. You looked up Psalm 136.1? Yeah. And I then just, you uh, bought the house. And that's what the Lord calls out by revelation. Could you get, okay. Worship team, if you could come on up right now. <clears throat> I just want to stop right there and say he, 10 years ago, he buys a house. And what Ken Fish is going to do is, some people will do this. He's like, he saw 13601. I wonder if that's a Bible verse. And he thought, oh yeah, Psalm 136. So he looks up the verse 10 years ago about this house he got. 136, 13601 Cambridge Avenue in that area, okay? So so I'm just having you all get up here for a minute. All right, so you can cut the lights and, and finish it up here. I'm excited. <laughs> Wait, how many people looked up Psalm 136.1 when you bought your house? Oh, that guy did. <laughs> I'm going to look it up next time, that's for sure. Did you look that up because that was the house address and you wanted to see what might this mean? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to see what, what it might mean. And I decided to name the house Gratitude. You named your house Gratitude? I named the house Gratitude. <laughs> okay, next time I move, I'm naming the house. I've never named a house. Go ahead. No, uh, that's, that's cool. I've never imagined that. Name it. That's beautiful. And uh, you mentioned uh, an elderly man with a heart condition. My, uh, um, I actually lost my father uh, about a year ago now. Uh, he had a, a heart condition. And... Uh, yeah, someone else. Okay. Does, does anybody else fit that category that you know of right now. You know why you have the authority? You'll, you'll know the person because you stayed thankful even though that man that I saw also describes your father. Okay. Yeah, keep your eyes open. That's coming your way. That's going to come your way. And I, we don't always fully see what that means, but you're going to find an elderly man and you're going to know he has 
a heart condition? And do you believe with all your heart that what I'm, I'm not just making that up. I don't know you, but the Lord does. And let me tell you something. Saw the address. My goodness. 136, one, the street name, which I don't even remember what it is now, but it doesn't matter. Okay, thank you. And your last name was Mr. Mack. You want me to tell you one more thing that'll help build your faith that you're going to meet that man? You know, I'm just meeting you right here, that you'll meet that man. And when you meet that man that's got the heart condition, you'll know this wasn't just a guess, all right? Mr. Mack, first name, Kirkland. What's that first name? All right. So are you believing him now? No, you were before, of course. So Kirkland is your name. That's my first name. But here's the message again, and we're almost, when his father died, he stayed grateful. That's a miracle. Your father died. I just saw a tear kind of welling up. He said, yeah, my father died. I just saw his eyes. But he stayed grateful. So now he's going to meet that guy. And he's going to look at him and he's going to say, I know the story. God sees Kirkland Mack, but he sees you too. He saw his gratitude, and it moved him enough to where here he is at a meeting, and this man comes from Indiana, calls his first and last name out. Now, if you were like me and you heard Mack, you would usually spell that M-A-C-K, right? At least I would. Mack Trucks or Mack. But he said, I saw an Apple computer, Mac. Loop back, I'm sitting in this chair, sitting there, as you saw, and my chair's empty next to me. A man comes and sits next to me. I'm not, I'm just telling you what happened. He says Kirkland Mac, and we're all just blown away. A man leans over to me and shows me his phone. He says, I'm friends with him. And he shows me his phone. I said, can I take a picture of your phone? I said, you can put your thumb over the phone number because I don't want to be creepy stalker guy. But, but M-A-C, Kirkland Mack. Let's stand up if you would. Sorry we're going a little late. Mike, if you feel led to have honor share, that's, I just got that text. Um, they went on to say this. When, I, when he handed me that phone and showed me that, that's when I knew this was to be a message for River in the Hills. The word in Scottish, the word Kirkland, Kirk in Scottish means church. So church land has, is to have a, gratitude, a heart of gratitude. So I shared that. You can put that down now, but... I share that because I believe God wants to release a grace today for us to live in gratitude. And the original part of that word was the doors that have been closed are going to open because of your gratitude. Pastor Nate shared a little bit about that last week. The supernatural powers released when we're thankful. I just want us to wait on the Lord for a moment, if you can bear with another minute or two, and then we'll have a hard close, and then you can we can stay and minister more. But 
We're not in a hurry. Let's just wait on the Lord right now. Thank you. I'm not going to do the last points on the four R's, uh, but probably just lead us in a prayer for those. There's four things we can do to maintain gratitude. Let's just wait on the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You see us. You know our voice. Many of us here today live lives of gratitude, but I believe you're going to increase their gratitude. You're going to increase the thankful heart. So this isn't a corrective word in specific, but Lord, any areas where we have, I know in my life, Lord, you, you convicted me after this to be thankful. Lord, as the pressures mount, as we watch a news story, we want to get unthankful and mad and all these other things. Lord, I thank you for toughening us up to live above the spirit of the age. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.